Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Lucky Link Psychic Ninja Podcast, and I am Lucky Links. Welcome to the second episode of the Lucky Link Psychic Ninja Podcast. All things psychic, all things extrasensory. Even a little bit of spirituality thrown in. Uh, this is a very special uh, podcast for me because... Uh, this is kind of the one where I answer the questions that people have been asking me for a very long time. In, in the, uh, for those of you who don't know, I uh, have been a professional psychic for 20 years. I started back in Chicago. I am now in the Northern California Bay Area, uh, where I take clients all over the world. And uh, I teach people how to develop their psychic skills. And I am also a student on a path that I took vows in 12 years ago. I am a student of Tibetan Bon. Uh, which is what I'm going to talk about today because this particular subject matter is the one that people have been asking me for years, clients, students, people who see me on YouTube and um, who uh, I've actually, I actually had a radio uh, show back in the 2000s and people would ask me back then about this and, and uh, a lot of this stuff I didn't really want to talk about, a lot of stuff was very personal and um, I think the, the, the number of people who've been asking me and uh, for those of you who don't know, and th- for those of you who heard my first podcast, there is actually uh, going to be a retreat here coming up in August, which I'm going to talk about here. His Holiness, Padma Gampo Rinpoche, uh, my master, Bangku, and um, he's going to be building a temple here in Northern California, a Tibetan Ban temple. And I'm going to tell you uh, more about what that path is, what Ban is, in this particular um podcast. So uh, he's going to be building a temple here in Northern California, and he is also holding a retreat for seven days, August 3rd from the 7th. I'm going to tell you about that retreat, but I'm going to tell you first uh, how I got on this path, because that's that's the one that people always ask me. How did you you get on this path? How did you discover this path? And I'm going to tell you that today, because I think it's... um, well, it's something that people have been asking about, so I, I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to give folks what they've been asking me to explain to them. Um, let, me, let me start back before. I, I'm going to tell you the story about how I met my master and, and how I started on this path. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit about a bond from His Holiness's words. I'm going to be reading something here that His Holiness Padmagapa Rinpoche wrote. If you're interested in any of this, uh, friend me on Facebook, find me on Facebook, Lucky Links. Uh, I have a I have a Lucky Links page. I also have Lucky Links. Um, uh, if you type in Lucky Links, I'm uh, you can find me on Facebook. And we're going to have a live Facebook event where you can talk to His Holiness direct, directly and talk a little bit more about this particular subject matter with us. But let me tell you let me tell you how I started all this. So I started I started um, uh, I started raised in in religion that. You know, I was sent to private private religious school growing up, and I never really bought any of it. Um, I, I, I don't know that I ever really <laughs> felt like I bought any of it. Um, as a kid, I used to think that the the people who were in the religion were pretty much hypocrites uh, from a very early age. And as I got older, um, I, I had a, a as I said in the last podcast, I had an interest really in a psychic phenomenon, and um, that led me to explore things kind of in the new age because at the time back in living in Chicago there was a some areas I hung out with where we found this we used to find this uh, this magazine called the monthly aspectarian 
I used to read it all the time. It was available over in bookstores and everything. It was always in the neighborhoods we hung out with, always in the artistic neighborhoods, always in the, you know, where people are artistic, people were creative. And I started reading this stuff, and there was actually a show, I remember, too, when I was a kid on the radio, which played a lot of New Age music and talked about things like, you know, astral projection and crystals and, and stuff like that and New Age stores and everything. So it was kind of like, right from an early age, that stuff I was, I was very interested in. And, um... I'm going to tell uh, another story next week uh, that, that kind of uh, puts things into perspective about all that, how I found some of this stuff. But let's just say that I, I was kind of searching through the New Age, and uh, I, had, I had become a hypnotist. I was working as a professional psychic. I was lecturing on the subject at historical museums and historical parks all over the Midwest. And I, I was kind of, at the time, reading like everything I could. Um, I, I had done things like trans-channeling workshops and hypnosis workshops and all, all sorts of things, and I was learning all these things. But I wasn't getting the answers I wanted, and I didn't know what the answers were that I wanted. I was reading all sorts of books. I was reading all sorts of things. I was reading all these different religions. I was reading stuff in, in the Hindu religion. I was reading stuff in uh, about you know Sufis. I was reading Buddhist stuff. Um, I was reading a lot of stuff, and I was looking for something, and I didn't know what it was I was looking for. But I had had a sense for uh, a long time in my adult life that there was something I was supposed to find, something very specific I was supposed to find. And it, it's at some point, um, let's just suffice it to say that in my 20s, I, I came across some experiences that I was having over and over again, and I was very certain that I had had these experiences before. And I was, <laughs> I said to myself, I've done this before. I know I have. There were certain things in relationships and certain things in other experiences. And I, I found myself saying, I've done this before. And I've done this before with this person, and I know I have. I was just absolutely positively certain. And, and no one had really explained that to me. No one had, I just, I just knew. So I really started looking for this idea that maybe this was not the only time that we were here. Maybe this wasn't the only time we incarnated. And in order for me to explore that, I think I realized that the answer was somewhere in the East. Um, and I went through Reiki training, um, and I don't know that that really did anything for me. And I was, you know, I took the full class. I didn't just do like an online thing. I went through the training. My lineage was, you know, six away from Yusui, and I, I didn't really find it doing anything. Um, it was all right, uh, <laughs> I guess. It was all right. Um, it, it didn't really have the punch that everyone said it did. Everyone was telling me it was this amazing, life-changing thing, and it was... You know, it was so much power. There was so much power behind it. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I did it. Um, I found it interesting what people had said about Yusui. And, and that kind of made me further convinced that what I was looking for was somewhere in the East. So I started reading these um, books on Tibetan Buddhism and Tibetan Buddhist magic. And um, about this time... I have to say that having done all the workshops and having done uh, the hypnosis stuff and having uh, being doing readings, I was having a hard time uh, back in Illinois making things kind of work because people were very suspicious back there of psychic stuff and they were very suspicious of um, hypnosis. So it was kind of hard. So work was kind of sporadic at the time and there were certain festivals that I would always do. and. Uh, there was one that I used to do in Wisconsin, and um, I, I did this event, and I found this little object called a perba, which is a Tibetan dagger. And for those of you who've seen 
for those of you who've seen The Golden Child, that old movie, The Golden Child with Eddie Murphy, that's what a perba is. The, the knife, the dagger that he's looking for, that's a, that's a natural perba. The one that I found was very small. And um, I got the perba and I started using it. I started using it, like with energy, the way we were supposed to, you know, reiki. I started using it to pull energy from people and to push energy and it worked. And it was working much stronger than what I'd experienced with Reiki. And I said, huh. Around that time then, I was reading these books on uh, Buddhist magic. And there was this reference in one of the books in the introduction about something called Bon. And according to what it was saying, this was the stuff that George Lucas based the Jedi and the Sith on. And these were legendary, they were these legendary sorcerers who lived in Tibet before the Buddhists got there. But according to the book, they were extinct. And I said, this is what I'm looking for. I set the book down and I said, this is what I'm looking for. This is exactly what I, and I knew it. I knew it the minute I read it. Um, but I didn't know where to go. According to the book, it was completely extinct and there was nowhere to find it. And if it was to find it, it would, it would be somewhere in Tibet because that's where they were last seen. But supposedly the Buddhists rooted them all out. And I would find out later that they did. They actually slaughtered these people. Um, the peace-loving Buddhists actually slaughtered the Ban, which was news to me when, after you know, having read all this stuff. Um, but right then and there, I said, this is what I'm looking for, but I didn't know where to find it. So, about two weeks later, I did another one of those festivals up in Wisconsin. And the woman from whom I had bought the Purba had actually been there with someone who she, whom she told me was a Tibetan Lama. And I saw him the time before, but because she told me he was a Tibetan Lama, I didn't think that that was what I was looking for simply because... As I, as I understood it, Tibetan Lamas went on a three-year retreat, and that's how they became a Lama. And I thought, okay, so what? I mean, it really did. I thought, so what? I'm mean, being totally honest. I was like, that's, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for someone who went on a three-year retreat, and then I was looking for this other thing. Well, at the time, I was reading palms at the event, and I was doing, I was doing palm readings for people, and I was reading cards, and I was doing stuff. And this particular individual that I had seen that she had said was a, was a Buddhist Lama uh, was there. The person that I was with at the time walked up to His Holiness, because it was His Holiness Padma Gampa Rinpoche, and he, and he started talking to him and he came back over to me. I was reading someone's palm and I saw them talking. And he came back over to me and he said, this, he says he's, he's a bond master. And when he said that, my jaw dropped because two weeks before, I had read this introduction in this book. I had never heard of the bond before. I read about this legendary sorcery. I read, read about this, the, the, the idea that Lucas had based the Jedi and the Sith on them. And I said, you got to be kidding me. And I walked over to His Holiness and I walked up to him and I said, hi. I said, is it true that you're a bond master? And he says, that is true. I said, the woman who's, who, uh, the woman who's over there said you were a Lama. He goes, that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I am. She misunderstood. She, she didn't know what I was. She assumed I was a Buddhist lot. That's not what I am. I'm a bond master. And I said to him, can I, ask, can I ask you something? Can I please read your palms? 
That was the first, <laughs> was the first thing out of my mouth. And I, I, I don't know what possessed me to say it, but it was the first thing out of my mouth. I said, can I please read your palms? And he held his hands out to me and I looked at his palms and I had never seen anything like it in my life. In all the years I had been reading palms and all this and all the study of palms I had done and all the because I had lectured on it and I taught on it. It was a big thing for me. I really I was really good at palms back then and I was really interested in the whole science of it. I thought it was fascinating. And he held out both of his palms and they were completely clean of worry lines. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I said, you don't have a single worry line on your hand. And he laughed and he said, I don't worry much. And I said, will you teach me how to do this? And he said, sure. And he pulled out this little piece of paper and he showed me these five colored, these five colors. And they were in a circle and he showed me how they interacted with each other. And he taught me and he said, have you seen this symbol? And it was a pentagram. And there were five colors on it, and he taught me in that moment, in five minutes, how those five colors so either supported each other or destroyed each other. And when he taught me that, I went, oh my God. And he handed me the little piece of paper, and he said, that is how matter comes into being. And I couldn't believe that he just taught me this. Now, I had been going through all these different workshops with all these different people, and if I wanted to talk to them on the phone, they, you know, they were charging me you know, all this money, but he just gave this to me. And then he said, if you really want to do this, if you really want to, if you really want to know how to do this and to not have any worry lines in your hands and, and to not worry, because he knew immediately that that was my big thing. I had an incredible amount of anxiety, an incredible amount of worry that had plagued me my whole life. It was crippling at times. As a matter of fact, back then when I did readings, I would take silver, um, homeopathic silver, to stop the um, anxiety that would start. Um, it's, it was a very weird thing. If I speak in front of a bunch of people, I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine. But sometimes in situations like that, where I was actually having to perform certain things, I would get anxiety, like crippling anxiety. And I would actually use either hops or I would use silver or I would use other, um, herbal remedies like valerian, things like that to sort of calm it. And, um, he knew, he just knew I had a whole lot of anxiety and he goes, if you really want to do this. He goes, I want you to, he, he, showed, he showed me how to hold my hands in a certain mudra. And he said, what you're going to do is you're going to draw energy from the space rod, you're going to push it in your hands, you're going to keep doing that until you make a ball of energy and make that ball as big as you are. And when you get to a certain point, you're going to feel like you're in your hands. And he said, and this is the meditation that we do. And this is where we start. And I said, you're just going to give this to me. He said, I'm just going to give this to you, but you have to do it. And I said, I'm going to do it, I promise you. He goes... You have no idea how many people I give this to. I've given this to thousands of people, and very few have ever even done it. I said, I'm going to do this. Um, now, I've talked about this before on my YouTube station, and I, I've talked about this in many places with people. One of the problems that I had while I was looking for to deepen my understanding, because really what I wanted was a deeper understanding of who we are, what we are, where we come from. And... I started with tarot because I wanted to ask questions that no one else was answering. And I think I said that on my last podcast. But in this particular case, I, I was in a situation where um, I would meditate and then what would happen was I'd get all this anger come up and I wouldn't know what to do with it. 
And, and it would come up so strong that it would take me days. It would take me days, if not weeks, to get over it because I, 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 didn't, I didn't have anywhere to put it. And that's one of the things that they don't tell you. They tell you you're supposed to sit and meditate. Well, I would. I would sit and meditate for, you know, a good hour or whatever. And I would try to meditate every day. And then I would. And then when I get in the habit of meditating every day, all this anger and all this other stuff and all this fear and all this anxiety, all this garbage would start to come up. And I had nowhere to put it. And he knew that. He knew that before I even told him. And he said, when that other stuff starts to come up, you just push it in your hands. And now I knew that I was on the right path. Because the one big question that I, I was trying to figure out was when you meditate, what do you do with the junk? What do you do with the junk that comes up? And he says, you do this. So I did it. I did it in the morning. I did it in the afternoon. I did it in the evening. I took two days from when I met him. Because after I met him, I felt myself in a very weird state. I can't even describe it. For two or three days, I didn't... I didn't even realize what was going on. I couldn't believe that this was happening. I couldn't believe that I had said, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I'm looking for. And then two weeks later, it appeared. Not only did it appear, but it shot, it, he taught me how matter came into being. And it, within five minutes, he showed me two palms that were like none I'd ever seen in all the palms that I'd ever read that didn't have a single worry line on them. And he gave me a meditation that showed me exactly what to do with the thing that I was struggling with in my life. So I took two days to let it sink in. I started the meditation. I started in the morning, I started in the afternoon, I started in the evening, and I started writing him. I was living in Chicago at the time, he was living up in Wisconsin, and we started talking. And I stuck at it, and stuck at it, and stuck at it. And he says, look, once you accomplish what you're supposed to accomplish with this meditation, I'm going to move you into your chakras. And you're going to find out what it's like to live in your chakras. And I said, wow, that I want to know. Because I didn't believe anything that people were saying about their chakras. Because people would come up with this, this is what your chakras are. But they couldn't tell what they did or how they did it. They couldn't give me any practical advice of what to do with them or what, how to balance them. They would just say, oh, balance them. No, you don't just... <laughs> they couldn't tell me anything about them. And he said, you're going to live in them. You're going to live in those chakras and you're going to figure out what it is that actually goes on with them. So that was how I started down this path. And by the time I accomplished what I was supposed to accomplish with the first meditation, which was interesting because when I told him I was doing it, he said, thank you. You have no idea how many people don't do this. And here you are doing it. And then um, he took me through the chakra exercises, which was a very exciting experience because I got to understand my world from a whole new set of perspectives. Not only then did I know chakras were real, but I understood really from uh, my own experience what they did, at least to a certain level at that point, because I was still just beginning. And as you go down this path, you learn more and more. It gets deeper and deeper and deeper, and the seeds that you plant start to grow, and you start to gain deeper understanding. Well, by the time I had gone through several months of this training, and uh, His Holiness Padmagampo Rinpoche gave me the first two empowerments uh, for, they were um, Lion Face Dakini and Vajrasattva, there were particular empowerments uh, to bring protection and to bring wealth and to purify. I was, cons I, was, I was absolutely positive that this is what I want to do, and that was when I took vows. Um, for 12 years, I have been studying under his tutelage, and during that time, the funny thing was, in the beginning, I was so terrified that he was going to tell me I had to stop reading cards for people. Because I thought he was going to say, hey, this is what we do, this is the path, you got to stop doing that. And he never did. He encouraged me to keep doing it. He encouraged, he encouraged me to do it more. And at one point he kept saying, hey, what's, what's with you and this psychic thing? It was a couple years ago. He was like, what's with you and this psychic thing? And between him and my partner, they kind of encouraged me to really sort of throw myself into the psychic side of stuff of my business and, and really increase it. 
After 20 years of experience, I started to really share with people what my experiences have been, and people have responded very strongly, hence this podcast, because people ask me, hey, are you going to do a podcast? So that's the story of how I met my master, and that's the story of how I got onto this bond path. Now, uh, as for what happened, well, that's 12 years of experience here, and I'm trying to share that as much as I can daily, at least what I can, because some of the stuff is still very personal, and some of the stuff I just don't share. Um, because what we do and how we do it on the Tibetan bond path is passed down from a master to student and it's it's orally it's not really it's not really you know it's not in a book you know we don't write books and put them out there for people to buy um, at least not to this point and um, but now it, it seems that the world is asking for this sort of thing because I think a lot of people are finding themselves in the same position that I was when I was taking all these, um, I was taking all these classes, taking all these workshops, and I still felt that I was stuck. I wasn't getting what I needed. And at the other, on the other side of things, is I was feeling very judged. Um, I was feeling very judged in a lot of the new. Well, the religions were bad enough. I mean, it didn't matter what religion. I was judged. Every religion out there had some problem with some aspect of who I really was, you know. Um, and then in the New Age stuff, I started to find that there was this, um, when, I was, when I was a kid and I was working, well, my first, my first well, my second job actually was a, a bookstore while I was going through high school and college. And back then, we used, to call the, we used to call the section the occult section. And then halfway through my time working at that bookstore while I was going through college, they changed it to New Age because occult was bad. They didn't want people to think it was related to dark things. They wanted the people to think it was related to light things. And so right then I saw this dualism between, you know, well, dark is bad, but light is good. And at the same time, they're saying dark is bad and light is good. I watched this flood of books come out about angels. It was almost like someone made a decision that they were going to flood the market with his angel stuff, and all of a sudden it was going to be about angels, which sounded, to be honest, like the same stuff that I'd heard growing up in the religions that judged me to begin with. Um, so it was all about, it seemed all about the same religions that I thought were kind of judging who I was to begin with when I was growing up. And when I started on the bond path, my master said, we don't really, we don't really discourage anything. Everything is a laboratory and everything you do is a laboratory. So he never once judged me for anything I was or anything, I, everything, anything I was interested in. And if it was, if he saw it could be a lesson, he encouraged me to figure out what the lesson was. I'd say, hey, why don't you try this? And then I'd learn a lesson from it. And then if there were things that were blocking me or the things that were, were holding me back, they were things that I discovered on my own. And I could say, you know what, this is holding me back from who I really want to be and who I really am. But you can't really decide who you really are and what you really need to get rid of until you've had the experience where you've actually touched what it is that you really are and the truth of what that is, which actually came from that very first meditation he gave me. Without that experience, I never would have even touched what I really was, so I could start to say, wait a minute. What I really am is not what I've thought, which means the stuff that I'm holding on to that's buried that, I've got to uncover. So I've been digging it up for 12 years. And somewhere along the path, I found that there have been times when I could actually, from my own experience, help someone else and say, hey, you know, maybe try this or try that. This is what I always try to do with my clients. I always try to do it with my students who I teach tarot and other 
psychic development courses too. However, on the bond path, we're not, we're students, we're not allowed to teach. You're not allowed to teach until you reach a certain level and you can demonstrate certain abilities. However, whenever I did learn something, His Holiness always encouraged me to teach it to other people. We'll teach them that. Show them what you just learned. And he would have me show, and I would learn it even deeper because I would sh share it with someone else. So he not only encouraged me to find myself, but to be generous and share with other people, which is why I'm always giving away this information on my YouTube channel and stuff like that, because it was his holiness who actually said, no, take your talents, your gifts and share them. They grow that way. That way we all get to grow. So that was kind of how I found this path. And that was really uh what led me to this and and and, and I, I i it sort of happened like magic i gotta say um but i i have this belief that i was on there's some things that happened in in right in my late teens early 20s that sort of set me on a course for this i believe and i looked directly for it and i and i found it but uh for a while now uh, over these last 12 years uh, over the last few years his holiness stopped taking students the people who I was working with were like, well, who's your master? Can I study with your master? And I was like, no, I'm sorry, he's not taking students. Well, a few weeks ago, His Holiness told me that he is going to be building a Tibetan Bon temple, basically a Bon school here in Northern California in order to fund it to get the money that we need to buy the land to put the temple on. He's holding some retreats. The, the the retreat that he's holding in August, all the proceeds going from it are going to be gone, going to buy the land. That His Holiness is going to build the temple, the bond, the Tibetan Bond Temple on. Now, to tell you a little bit more about what Tibetan Bond is, to put this all kind of in context, I'm going to read um, this piece that was written by uh, His Holiness. Padmagampa Rinpoche, the Bonnak tradition of Tibet. We are called, our lineage is called the Black Bon. Now, those of you who have seen my YouTube channel, you've seen, you've heard me talk about lineage. Lineage is really important because it means that if there's an unbroken lineage that uh, a proven success, it means that others have gone before you and they've achieved the success that you're hoping to achieve. And the, the path itself has proven that it can get you there. You know, if someone just channels something, out of, and this was the problem that I always had when I was taking workshops and I was I was reading books in the New Age and stuff like that, was people would just channel something and then kind of like make it up and there was no real proof. Someone would read a book and think, oh, that sounds good, and then they'd set themselves up as a master and they'd take on students and they'd start coaching them and stuff, and they, but they didn't really know where to lead them. And then if you, if you, it, when you prove that, when you, when, you, when you start to show that you know more the teacher and you start to ask questions the teacher can't answer, they start to go, well, what do you think? And that really bugged me. I was taking these workshops and I'm like, well, what do you think about this? And they're like, I never thought of that. And, you're, and I'm like, you didn't? Because that seems like a pretty basic question to all of this. It seems like the fundamental question that people should be asking if what you say is true. And then they'd be like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, I don't know, you're the one that made this up. So that's one of the reasons why I'm always talking about having a lineage, because I've, I've been in those situations where, you know, I would start down a path and I would break it immediately. One question, I'd break the whole thing. Well, this is the way it is, like the secret. I started breaking that right away. Um, and other people, they come up with these, and I was like, no, well, what about this? And it would break. Um, I couldn't break this one. <laughs> I still, ha still haven't been able to break this one. Each time... Uh, I've 
gotten to a new level in my practice and started something new, something new opens up. This is the Ban Nag tradition of Tibet, Black Ban, as written by His Holiness, Padmagampo Rinpoche. I'm going to share this with you guys. I'm going to read this right here on the podcast so you guys get it. You get a sense of what's happening in this retreat. This is a tradition that started it all in Tibet. The legendary wizards of Tibet are from the pre-Buddhist lineage of Tibet. Exiled by King Trisog Detsen uh, and hunted to near extinction by this Tibetan Buddhist saint and tyrant. The Ban have survived by creating small communities around the world. They are the first exiled Tibetans, a fate now shared by the Buddhists all these centuries later. Like the Sith of Star Wars fame, the Ban, the Ban Pos, which is what uh, those who practice Ban are called, Ban Pos, had to blend into societies and teach their sciences in private. Despite these difficulties, we have a fairly strong community that has been able to preserve the teachings, methods, and forms of our ancient religion. Most of our practices are forbidden by the Tibetan Buddhists. Ban works. Buddhism does not work. Every few decades, Ban produce a Bangku, an enlightened one. Literally, light bringer. This is not some empty title. Our holy ones actually go into a meditation box for 33 plus days and emit the light of a clear triple sun. And that must start and be stable in less than their first seven hours in the box. This light must be maintained for a minimum of 33 days. No joke, no human can do that and no human should try. Our Nagpa go into the box for seven days and emit various lights and mists, but have to exit the box in the first week. These are our lowest semi-ordained students. Our teachers have been in the box for up to 28 days and have emitted stable light for most of that time. This is ancient religion and it comes with power, responsibility, and knowledge that isn't available in some movie or book. This is transformation into a higher being, a being that can command weather, change time and space, and so many more important things that silly parlor tricks or empty chanting can't do. Bond students, Bond Po, learn how magic works and why. They learn the rules of phenomenal formation and transition and a wealth of secret methods, mantra, and sciences to accomplish legendary things. Unlike our Buddhist counterparts, the world is our laboratory. We are more gray than black or white. We understand that to create, you must destroy, and that a natural balance must be maintained. We see living energy in the space around us and intelligence in the formation of all things. We strive to bring enlightenment into this world space and to heal and protect the weak. But we are not weak. Our Banku, Padmagampo Rinpoche, Paul McDowell, is planning a bond center in Northern California. To start that, he is offering public empowerments training and a wide venue so that you can learn about the wonders of ancient magic and magicians, ancient religions, traditions, and a hidden world that is constantly referred to in books and movies, but really does exist. First offering is the Dark Waters Cycle. Now that's the cycle that's going to be here in Northern California during the retreat from August 3rd to 10. Dark Waters. 
The Dark Water Cycle is a very intense empowerment and teaching series that takes place over seven consecutive days in a natural setting. We usually do this at a retreat center, but since Rinpoche doesn't have one yet, we will be using a group camping space or similar setting. Accommodations will most likely be tents, and the main empowerment space will be a large tent structure. The empowerment starts with our most powerful female, Ikazadi. This beautiful yidam has a single purba tooth, single breast, uses a god as a club, and holds a magical caduceus. Her cycles of practice demonstrate the exact structure and formation of magical phenomena. The Ikazadi full cycle empowerment takes three days. You will be doing part of her practice six times daily and will receive teachings in between the practice times. This is extremely intense and can be exhausting, but the power and wisdom that will grow out of it are unparalleled in any other tradition. Then we move on to the Vajrakalaya full cycle empowerment, which also takes three days, nine to 12 hours a day. This is a protector practice and has a wealth of tantric tools for metaphysical combat. With this practice, time and space open to you and you will gain understanding that is both ancient and extremely valuable today. Our third and final empowerment in this series is the lion-faced Dakini and is an easy one because it only takes six hours. The lion-faced Dakini is a protector that casts back curses and other harm that people cast towards you. She has a host of amazing abilities and you will learn how the mechanisms of curse and harm operate including how you constantly make binding contracts with unseen beings without knowing it and what to do to remove those contracts. These are three of our most powerful practices. Bangku will be available on a limited schedule for appointments during the retreat to answer your questions privately. The retreat will feature meals, temple chai, and solja. Solja is buttered tea. And there is a lot of rituals, so expect it. We have openings for cooks, kitchen help, and child care activities, and wrangling for children that are accompanying their parents. Contact us to discuss compensations for your help. Our bond center will feature many skills, empowerments, and training that are currently not available anywhere in the world. Padmagampo is the youngest of the Bonnag Bangku currently and is committed to seeing that our rich lineage continues well into the future. Our center will ensure that forgotten ancient skills remain on earth for humans and that masters do not disappear. The earth faces some of its worst conditions as humanity falls to greed, hatred, and pride. When moral rights are ignored for financial or personal gain, all humanity pays the price. This is a time of sorrows in the Bon world, and we are doubling our efforts to bring light into this world so it will protect those who will otherwise fall into darkness. Feel free to contact us for more information or to register for our Dark Waters Empowerment Cycle. The cost of this retreat is $2,500, $2,500 if you register before July 20. That's for all seven days of teaching, empowerments, camping, and food. Child care will be available for $10 a child a day. Non-registrants are responsible for their own food, accompanying spouses and children, though we will have snacks for the children. Let us know if your children have special needs. Also, if you have food allergies, we need to know. The Bon are not vegans, so if you require this diet, you will need to make arrangement with us before the retreat begins. All registered attendees will retrieve helpful documents, texts, and notes upon arrival at the retreat check-in table. The dates, 8-3-2019 to 8-10-2019. Contact us, 224-308-8834. Location, North Coast, California. Exact location will be announced once we have a participant count. It will be no further north than Benbow and no further east than Willits. 
We want the best facilities for your participants, but also want to right size. We also can't reserve sites until we have an exact count of attendees. Register by July 20th and save $1,000. After July 20th, the registration fee is $3,500. So that is the story of how I found this amazing Black Bond lineage and an invitation for all of you guys who are listening to attend this powerful retreat. I will tell you, uh, as an individual who has received all three of those empowerments, and uh, by the way, it took me a whole year to get all three of those empowerments, so the fact that anyone who attends will be getting them in a week is absolutely amazing. They are life-changing. Um, the ability to remove negativity from your life after these is astonishing. The realization of how our wishes and our idle thoughts create contracts with beings that we aren't even aware they're, they're being made with is incredible. And the fact that you can change that is an amazing thing. Um, the abilities that start to develop in an individual in your mind and uh, magically are quite spectacular. Uh, so I recommend I thoroughly recommend to anyone who is interested in finding a path that will actually awaken something inside you that is much more powerful than you could ever imagine and um, rises above those sticking points that no one seems to be able to, on these other paths, be able to deal with. Um, I think that's all I'm going to say about it now. Uh, if you have more questions, like I said, we are going to be holding a Facebook Live event, and I invite you all to attend that Facebook Live event. To do so, please simply uh, send me a, a friend's request at um, Lucky Links. Uh, Lucky Links on Facebook. I am Lucky Links. If, if, whether it's my business page or if it's my personal page, um, uh, I'm announcing all over uh, the Facebook Live. It is happening on July 9th. Um, I will be interviewing His Holiness Padmagampo Rinpoche on July 9th on a Facebook Live, and it is at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. That's 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 2 p.m. Central. So it's 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Now, uh, if you if you friend me on Facebook or you you contact me on Facebook or you you know you go through my business my lucky links. Facebook business page, you'll be able to see. I'm posting the Facebook live event everywhere. You can be part of it. You can you can um, contact me, ask for a ask for an invite to it, or or or, or click on the event and say that you want to go. And then what we're going to do is we're going to do a Facebook live with His Holiness. I'm going to interview him live on the Facebook live, and then you can ask him any questions. He's going to talk about the retreat. He's going to talk about really. From his perspective, what you're going to take away from the retreat. So he's going to, you're going to, we're going to ask, you know, he's going to tell you, hey, this is what you can expect to bring away from this retreat and why it's so important. Um, it's going to be an exciting event, and then you guys can ask him any questions that you want to want to ask him live, and then um, you guys can uh, start down the path of greater freedom, greater confidence, greater calm, and the path towards something that awakens the piece of you that has been hidden from you for most of your life. I am Lucky Lynx, 
as always, wishing you success and good fortune in all that you do. Thank you for tuning in to Lucky Link's Psychic Ninja. Next week, our podcast is going to be about pain, uh, all about pain, what people do with their pain, what's what people aren't considering about pain, how pain affects their psychic ability, how it affects, affects their path. And then after that, uh, the next week, we're going to be doing one on psychic kids, all about psychic kids. Um, thank you again for tuning in. And if you guys would like to get a reading with me or contact me, uh, 779-302-8009. Or you can email me at conjurehope at gmail.com. I also got a bunch of uh, classes, classes in tarot, classes in uh, playing cards, classes in Lenore Man, classes in crystal ball reading, Any anything you want to know about the classes, contact me, but please do find me on Facebook. Find me on Facebook and sign up for the Facebook Live and um, learn about the retreat that's going to happen and the Bond Temple that's going to be built here in Northern California and about His Holiness Padmagampa Rinpoche. You guys have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you soon.